Emmy Award-winning producer, actor, and comedian Larry Wilmore is back on the air, hosting a podcast where he weighs in on the issues of the week and interviews guests in the world of politics, entertainment, culture, sports, and beyond. Check out Larry Wilmore Black on the Air on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah. A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Previously on Recipe Club. Our wheel is biryani, canned crescent rolls, hummus, instant ramen, spaghetti, Velveeta cheese, homemade yogurt, cream of mushroom soup, and okra, which is coming off. But here, okay, here's what we're going to do, guys. Because okay. flatbread has already been hit on Brian's wheel, I'm going to take it off too, and I'm going to let both of you put something on here as a special oh, surprise idea. for Dave. What if I put ajwine on yours? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to put ajwine seeds on here just like... Oh my god. This is you know who's oh, gonna get in trouble for this one is is me. What about dates, Chris? What do you what do we think Ooh. about Dave and dates? Because that could go like sweet or savory. Or prunes. Or prunes. I mean, I do love a prune. I do I love, love a prune. prunes. Oh my god, let's do prunes. <gasps> prunes. Prunes. <laughs> prunes. <laughs> I'm so excited for either one of those to hit and for Recipe Club <laughs> listeners to see in their feed. Recipe Club episode. Ashwine seeds. <laughs> Okay, wonderful. All right, you guys can see the wheel right now. I'm going to give this yeah. a spin. These wheels are so good now. Oh, my God. No! The recipe wheel of life here landed on, um, it landed on spaghetti as it, as it very slowly crawled over ajwine seeds uh, into, into spaghetti. Welcome to another installment of Recipe Club, where we do a battle royale to see who is the smartest, most beautiful, most intelligent person <laughs> in the universe via the recipe that they chose. I am joined with Chris Ying and uh, intercontinental champion Priya Krishna. <laughs> I had thought that I was being retconned and replaced, but I'm back because here, man. after okra, I thought I was done, but I'm, I'm not. And I'm here. And I don't know how I feel about that. But before we begin, I just want everyone to know 
If you haven't signed up for our Facebook Recipe Club podcast page, you should check it out on Facebook. I don't like promoting Facebook whatsoever, but this clearly is one of the very, maybe the only positive to the Zuckerberg empire is the Recipe Club podcast page. It is full of goodness, wholesome content. And now, oh my God, the genesis of the Fellowship of the Ying, a Chris <laughs> Ying fan club page. And you should all join to follow the exploits of the sexual sensation, Chris Ying. <laughs> I plan to join right after this recording. What do you say about that? Yeah. Oh my God. The Fellowship of the Ying. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And I feel like Ying is blushing. I'm beat red, man. I feel extremely. I feel, yeah, I'm very embarrassed. Oh, Lord. The sexual sensation. I'm go that's going on right on my LinkedIn. Somebody, <laughs> somebody endorsed my LinkedIn. Can I just say how the knives are out on this podcast? Like everybody from Brian Ford, who's now bringing his own de novo <laughs> recipes with Poolish to Rachel Kong, who's like doing academic research. Uh, Calling to, to, up to, the manufacturers of yeah, polenta just to get yeah, bonus points? Come on. Priya Krishna, the most diabolical criminal mastermind since Hannibal Lecter, who <laughs> has chosen one of the, the... It's just, you can see. We'll, we'll talk about her recipe in a second, but it is, it is not cool. Priya Krishna is not cool. You said what it is, Dave. It is diabolical, her choice of recipe. It's not cool, and <laughs> I, 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 I'm... I'm just trying to be a good person and trying to <laughs> oh, no. live a selfless life as much as possible to, 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 this, to, this to, to live life to the eighth full pathway. And these, these, these co-hosts are constantly derailing me from my pursuit of enlightenment. And I'm only going to reach enlightenment if everyone else reaches enlightenment oh, and I'm being God. held back oh, by God. these two and their selfish pursuits of winning. And uh, it's just something that I, I wasn't anticipating the competitiveness on this podcast is honestly disgusting. And I just wanted everyone to know that it's not something I abide by or <laughs> adhere to. And I want everyone to know, I, I just, you know, I'm trying to write, raise above the, the, this and be the shining example that we all need right now. S says, says the dude who's trying to get recipe club listed on official Vegas, uh, uh sports books. <laughs> he's, he's not, he doesn't all like the for charity. <laughs> Did not know about that. Priya, we give this dude one week off so he doesn't have to cook his least favorite food and he comes back up with a fucking martyr complex. This guy, this guy. I know, Priya. I know, I know. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I also don't appreciate all the commenters being like, you know what? This podcast is better without Dave. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a thing. That's you know not what? a thing. You know what it is? Like, geez, that was the Jeez. most civil conversation I've ever had. Let me just ask you folks, the listeners here, maybe it's only civil because I was gone, not because I'm not civil. It's because these guys are antagonizing me. Mm. I'm starting a Facebook fan group called Bangarang for Chang, and it's just going to be the Dave Chang fans from Recipe Club. Enough of my uh, truth telling, but um, <laughs> we have landed on spaghetti the last go round on the Wheel of Life. I think this is an interesting one that we all chose Asian bent recipes instead of the Italiano style stuff. But this is an interesting one. I feel that spaghetti is probably in the cupboard of like 90% plus of all households in America. I'm just throwing that out there. 
And I'd say of all the recipes that if you did a Google search on, this might be the, the highest result. I'm going over 1 billion, 1 billion results. <laughs> Uh, that was no, see the, the only, the only thing that we've reached that hit over a billion was on our flatbread episode. When we looked for, we Googled pizza recipes. It turned up a billion plus here with spaghetti. If you Google spaghetti recipe, you get 185 million results. And as always here on the show, the three of us have sifted through every single one of them, chosen the three that we feel best represent us. We've cooked all of those. We're going to debate and discuss which was the best approach to using up all that spaghetti in your your pantry that Dave's talking about. Here's the thing with spaghetti, guys. Dave said it. We each chose Asian-oriented uh, recipes for spaghetti. I think a, a majority of those 185 million are going to be for spaghetti with tomato sauce, red sauce, right? Yes. Like That's what most of those recipes are going to be for. It's the same thing with pizza, again, where like... Honestly, the if you're looking for the best way to make spaghetti with tomato sauce, it's whatever way that you already do it. <laughs> like, that's the yes. best way. Whatever you like is the best way to do it. There was no reason for the three of us to choose a spaghetti pasta pomodoro recipe, right? I considered doing like spaghetti and meatballs, but then I was like, Dave is going to complain about having to make meatballs. I just don't want to deal with those complaints. But I considered it. I love spaghetti and meatballs. It's spaghetti and meatball. Spaghetti and the meatballs. And the meatball. <laughs> and the I like meatball. I like I like the small balls. <laughs> and I and I just want to let you know, Priya, that I'm offended and I'm hurt that you would cast me as this evil villain that would constantly um, try to tear you down on you choosing spaghetti pomodoro, spaghetti and the meatballs. Dave, and... we literally just did a cookbook shoot in which you did not want to do make the ground meat mixture again because you were just like, oh, I don't want to fucking buy ground meat again. It's gross. I was like, "Ugh, this is gonna somehow come back and well, bite Priya, me that in the was, butt." That, that was the old Dave. This is the new Dave today. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that that was winning him a different argument, and this is a new argument that he's trying to win. So he's got a new perspective. <laughs> I'm trying to be positive here. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So here's 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 a question. We we all like spaghetti and the meatballs. How often are you guys cooking spaghetti at home? Outside of that context, outside of the red sauce context, how often do you guys cook with spaghetti? I make cacio e pepe a couple times a month. Spaghetti's not my favorite pasta, I have to say. I like stuff that can really cling to sauces. Interesting. Also, I would probably take a bucatini over a spaghetti. Or a fusilli. You like a fusilli? Yeah, I love fusilli. Oh my God. I <laughs> When I was a kid, I lived on California pizza kitchens Fuzili with broccoli and sun-dried tomatoes. It was oh. so good. Oh. oh, a special crossover episode with the Dave Chang Show. Sun, Krishna, are you with tomatoes. me on the uh, sun-dried tomatoes? Oh my God, I love sun-dried tomatoes. If I, oh my God, oh, I love sun-dried tomatoes. Let's <laughs> Dave, go, saddle up. <laughs> Dave just, Dave just fucking Piers Morgan does. He just peers out. He just walked off the set of Sun-dried tomatoes club. are like one of the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest things. I love them. I think they're fantastic. I wrote a whole article about the sort of campaign against sun-dried tomatoes and why oh those people God. are wrong. There's a there is a campaign, a secret cobble yes. of people led by an anonymous. It's Korean. called the Order of the Phoenix, <laughs> <laughs> and we yeah. must destroy the last Horcrux. That is <laughs> sun-dried tomatoes. It's fucking crazy. 
<laughs> yeah, so. this is unacceptable. Uh, <laughs> uh, so back to the issue at hand here. I I uh, I don't really cook with spaghetti outside of the. We we eat a lot of spaghetti and the meatballs. I've eaten that my entire life. Probably when I was a kid, we ate spaghetti and the meatballs. Once every ten days, it was something my parents could. My, my do dad you call could cook it spaghetti easily. and the meatballs. What? We do now. Yeah. We do now. We were trying to. We're trying to get this to take off because they are separate entities. <laughs> yeah, you can, it's spaghetti and meat. Spaghetti and meatball. It's it's usually not plural. It's usually one meatball, one big old meatball. Not not the way I make it. You like the little. You like the little spaghettios style. Little, I like little the little rabbit turds, like little golf balls. Yeah. Or rabbit turds. That sounds a lot more appetizing. <laughs> mm. um, but I don't think any of us, it sounds like none of us really cook with spaghetti beyond the Italian context regularly at home. So I thought it was interesting to see how these three recipes would work a little bit here. It is, I mean, Priya, to your point, I, I think you should talk a little bit more about that, like sauce clinging to the noodle thing, because that is, I think, an under appreciated or under under misunderstood part of noodle culture, pasta culture. I'm sure Dave has plenty to say about that in like noodle soups as well. But you know, the, the silly thing to me has always been a plate of cooked spaghetti with sauce just plopped on top of it, because that's sort of antithetical oh, to what you're trying to achieve, right? Worst. Like, talk a little bit about like what you mean by sauce clinging to the noodle. Sure. Like, you know, there's a reason why there exist sauce, like pasta shapes with holes in them with, um, little ridges that have little curled bits for like, these are all just delivery vehicles for sauce. And of course, like you add pasta water, it creates starch. It helps the sauce bind to the pasta, but the shape itself is doing a lot of the work here. And I've noticed that with spaghetti, you have to do a little extra work with creating like a super creamy, starchy sauce to get it to really cling. Like I've found that oftentimes when I'm making spaghetti, you sort of end up with that horrible situation where you have the like unsauced pasta and you're like tossing and tossing and tossing and some, and like, it's still just like a moat of tomato sauce around the pan and the pasta is like clumped in the middle. That is the worst to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that, I think it comes into play in Italian pasta more with like the shapes, right? Like you're talking about like the fusilli, the cavatelli's where it's like, it traps sauce in little pockets, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, Asian noodle cookery, Asian noodles, ramen and, and rice noodles in Southeast Asia, you know, have more of this kind of like long straight spaghetti shape. And yet, like, I think it plays just as big of a role. Like Dave, I mean, I, I don't really know how to explain it. Maybe like you have a better grasp, like what is the difference between like a good noodle for soup and what's not like how the noodle structure itself, like allows for that clinging. Like, do you have anything more intelligent than what I'm saying to, to, to add? I don't know. I think a lot of it has to do with fresh versus dry. And I think when it's dry, mm. it's it's usually more oil based. So that to me is dairy and oil based usually works better for dry, not always. And when it comes to Asian noodle soups, I think the at least in ramen, thinner noodles are usually paired with thicker broths like tonkotsu ramen style. But that's not always the case. There is supposedly a rhyme or reason, but I think there's always exceptions to the rule. But for me, fresh pasta is better with certain sauces. like, uh, And I think one of the biggest things that Chris was talking about when making pasta in general at home is number one, people don't use enough water salt or, or salted water. And even at home, I don't use nearly as much salt as I do in restaurant cooking. And they don't finish the pasta in another pan. You know, it's just ladle the sauce on top of the pasta. And the worst. 
most people I think eat it that way. And I think that was probably done because of cafeteria, you know, it's, 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 it's not as easy to do. It's not uh, an easy setup because you're cooking things to order. Pasta stations are notoriously difficult, but my tip is I like cooking my, um, you know, I have a pot to cook the pasta in when I'm cooking spaghetti and I use spaghetti probably the most of all my pastas anyway. And then I cook it in a nonstick chef pan wok hybrid type thing. Because one of the things cooking in a restaurant kitchen, having stainless steel is clearly the preferred way. But at home, uh, you don't have industrial dishwashers and all the, the the cleaning that is available at restaurants. And I think when you do pastas and you cook it down with noodles, it can get really sticky oftentimes. And that's why I do I do the pickups in a nonstick. I think it's the best sort of tip I can give. And uh, I think if you haven't made pasta that way, where you sort of cook it like three quarters so it's al dente and then you finish it with some of the pasta water and some sauce that flavoring gets into the pasta as well as it finishes it's it's a night and day difference of how you cook pasta so yeah totally agree where are you priya on al dente give me your hottest take on how how al dente do you want your pasta i like very al dente i remember my dad we used to do um like spaghetti nights on Tuesdays. Cause that's when my mom fasted. So we got to eat junk food, which for us was spaghetti. And my dad <laughs> would make spaghetti. And then he would make this, he would call it from scratch tomato sauce, but it was just jarred tomato sauce that he added olives to. <laughs> Hi dad. That's like, <laughs> he, that's he listens to this my dad did. My, my dad's the same shit. He's like, this is my homemade spaghetti sauce. It's prego with some dried yeah, oregano. He yeah. pulled out of the fucking yeah. cabinet. And I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> But I remember he like would teach us, he'd be like, I'm cooking this spaghetti perfectly al dente. And he would sort of say it like, like that. And I learned, that's how I learned what al dente meant. And my dad really likes it super al dente. And so I have always really liked my pasta with a little bit of a bite. I wonder where Dave Chang is on this one. Mr. Chang, al dente. I think with dry pasta, it's actually pretty hard to not have al dente. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm constantly tasting and teching when it's done. And if it's too much chew, it's not right. It just needs to have like a bite to it. And I think one of the best ways to look at when you cook spaghetti, if it's overdone, is the size. It will suck mm -hmm. up a lot of water. Mm -hmm. If it's probably like increases by like a third, that's usually when it's done for me in terms of size. It's actually easier to, I think, cook al dente than bucatini. I'm uh, on spaghetti than bucatini because it's easier to take a test, taste test of the spaghetti and know exactly where you're at. So I think checking al dente on spaghetti is incredibly easy because the cook time on boil is probably like seven, eight minutes. Angel hair, anything thinner, it's like pretty instant. And dried pastas, for the most part, take forever to cook, but spaghetti is pretty quick in my opinion. So that's why another reason why I like doing it, but I don't like it super al dente. I like to have just enough chew, but I don't want any rawness in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bring it up because I think that it's a it's a little bit of a different sensation than like say the springiness of a you know sodium bicarbonate consue uh, noodle or something. But it's 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 similar. And like you said, the three recipes we have today are all kind of Asian inflected, and so. It was an issue I was thinking about throughout the cooking of all of these, whether like if you had a, a properly, you know, quote unquote, Italian al dente noodle, if it would work as in the same context here. But let's talk about the specific well, recipes. I, I will tell you, hold on beforehand, like because of this and Hugo loves spaghetti, I 
always almost overcook it because he doesn't like al dente. Kids don't like al dente. They want soft. Oh, I loved al dente when I was a kid. I, I, I'm with Hugo though. I'm with Hugo. I was, I was, I wanted my noodles soft because I think I was used to Asian noodles. Asian noodles. You know, mm, and, and al dente spaghetti was weird to me. It was, you know, I shouldn't say weird, but it was just unfamiliar. It was alien to me, and I was like, Can you "Aliens cook better than more? weird." <laughs> Did I say alien? Holy shit! It was terrible to me. Um, anyway, so the three recipes we we brought today, Priya, our our reigning champion of the okra episode, brought a uh, diabolical spicy miso pasta from a friend of the show, Chrissy Teigen. Uh, from cravings by com, a spicy miso pasta. Mr. Chang brought a spaghetti lo mein from delish.com. And I brought a spaghetti napolitan, uh, a Japanese ketchup spaghetti from, I think the blog is called Recipe Tin Eats. Um, so, Priya, as our, our reigning champ, you've got, you got winner's rights here. You want to go first or defer? I guess I I can go I can go first. Sure, why not? Um, all right. So tell us about spicy miso pasta. How you came across this recipe? <laughs> why, why you chose it, and uh, how it's made? So I wanted to do something that was sort of Italian, but with like a it was like Italian meets something else. I don't know. I like love the chickpea hosan pasta that dave served at Mm. nishi i like love taking ingredients like miso and using them to add like creaminess in a pasta so i knew like i wanted something not straight italian and i wanted something with miso because i just a miso based pasta sauces are very popular now in the world of cooking and so i looked at a bunch this recipe by chrissy teigen went like semi-viral I'm not like someone who's like, oh, this is a viral recipe. I need to cook it. But it looked really good. I read like seven BuzzFeed articles that were like, I tried the Chrissy Teigen pasta and it blew my, you know, those kinds of, and it blew my mind. And it was enough to get me to be like, I think it would be really interesting to like have a a recipe that is like somewhat internet famous in the mix at recipe club. Because I feel like very often we're finding like the more niche recipes that perhaps haven't had like a ton of traction on the internet, but this one obviously has. And so I felt like it would be a interesting exercise and like service to our viewers to be like, let's take this recipe that you may be familiar with that looks really, really good and see how it holds up. And it, I mean, it's, and it sounded really delicious, like mis- it, miso, Parmesan, a little bit of bacon, scallions on top. You're basically just like making a sauce in a bowl with eggs, miso, chili garlic sauce. You combine it with pasta. You sort of emulsify it into something super creamy with pasta water, shower it with parm, scallions. And I, you know, I thought it was really delicious. I will say, because Seth does not listen to this podcast, I can throw him under the bus a little bit. I asked Seth to um, drain my pasta and he (laughs) drained my pasta washed it, and then discarded my mug of pasta water. (laughs) Whoa. Well, first of all, Seth, fuck you for not listening to our podcast. Second of all, fuck you again for rinsing Prius pasta and throwing out her pasta water. What? I don't even know what to say. What? Yeah. It was pretty upsetting. Yeah, I was trying to be chill about it, but it was it was tough. And we were like, inter- we were having like our first people inside, like we had like 
two people inside our house since we were all fully vaccinated. And I was like, Ooh, I'm going to make these two kinds of pasta. And, uh, wow. yeah. Holy guacamole. Wow. I mean, that, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am genuinely <laughs> sorry. That is so upsetting. I, I would, I would, I don't even know what to say. That's so, <laughs> that's so pathetically bad on his <laughs> end. Um, so and he's such a smart guy. How could he be? Uh, listen, I guess we are all prone to do something incredibly boneheadedly dumb and stupid. And I guess this is his boneheaded, stupid move. And I, uh, let's just yeah. uh, let's just uh, give bonehead, stupid move of the week award to Seth. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but <laughs> Seth, your trophies in the mail. Calls Seth. you bonehead, stupid award. <laughs> you'll know why. Wait. I would legitimately love to make him a trophy and send it to him in the mail and not explain why he's getting a bonehead of the week please, award. Please do not. Club. <laughs> that's, that's just like, if you're listening, folks, it's important that he Seth did this. You don't do this because you're washing all the beautiful starch that you've wanted to accumulate nor, nor, and, and always reserve at least like a mug full of water. I always put a mug in my pot to reserve. Same. The other trick that I do because I use a nonstick wok or chef hybrid wok type thing next to my pot. I oftentimes don't even use a colander. I'll just take some type of tong or forceps yeah. and I'll just put it into uh, my pan as I sauce it. And oftentimes there's enough residual water as I take it out that I don't yeah. have to add any water yeah. to it. So that's that's a good good tip for home. But that's... um. That's terrifying. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god! And and today we were talking about it, and I was like, uh, I was like, yeah, the Chrissy pasta wasn't as creamy as I wanted, but I think it's because you know because the pasta was washed and we didn't have pasta water and probably didn't <laughs> add enough Parmesan cheese. And Seth was like, so the three things I was in charge right. of. <laughs> I love your use of the the passive voice there. The pasta was washed. This the pasta water was thrown away. And, and the audience is listening to, to how diabolical Priya can actually be. Yeah, exactly. This, this is like me at my worst. We, we should point out while we're talking about her, her diabolical nature. The reason why Dave categorized this recipe choice as diabolical is because Chrissy Teigen is a friend of ours. It's because she because uh, there's no reason why we would want to. Yeah, it puts me in a really t bad place because <laughs> clearly Chrissy's going to know that if we don't choose Chrissy's recipe, I'm going to hear it from Chrissy. And yeah. and I, I want this to be fair for the audience. And Priya just made a, you know, a moral <laughs> leap. I, I would say she, she, ma she makes great recipes. I watched an Instagram story in which she served this to John Legend. And John Legend was fucking obsessed with it. And I just thought if it's good enough for John Legend, it's good enough for me. Well... I love John too, but I'm just saying like, it, it is, uh, I wonder how many hours Priya thought about this diabolical plan, like, you know, uh, a, a James Bond villain. Um, yeah. well, she had to fly to her, her skull shaped Island yeah. Uh, yeah. To, and, then, and then feed her, her sharks with lasers for eyes and then came up with this fucking plan. Jesus. So let's get into the re how I, uh, recipe. I made it, uh, use a package of spaghetti. I did. Two eggs. I thought three eggs because my eggs are are quite large. Um, and I did uh, like a tablespoon and a half of shiro miso. I used momofuku chili crunch because I didn't have sambal in house, and that worked just fine. And I added more water than the two tablespoons from the pasta. So I cooked the pasta, and I was making the 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 the, the carbonara. I have made a lot of versions of this 
uh, at Nishi, and we also have something at Major Domo using the our hozon, the fermented chickpea. And you know, it's funny. Like when we first put it on the menu, I remember when Pete Wells tasted it and he wrote about it. And he said, uh, "Well, you lose the 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 grassy notes from the the the, the grano padano or the pecorino romano." I'm like, "No, you don't. Nobody ever fucking talks about the grassy notes because I think one of the things that gets lost in tasting cheese sauce based um, pasta." is it's really just a vehicle for fatty MSG. That's why I feel like misos and fermented grains and legumes are perfect, perfect substitute for Italian hard cheeses used, the, the, the Padanos, the Pecorino Romanos, and the Parmesan Reggiano. I don't think you taste any of those notes, in my opinion, when you're making a, um, a carbonara or... Um, Cacio e pepe or something of that that kind. Miso is a great thing because you're just replacing those umami notes that you would normally get from that cheese or from the anchovies or something. So the umami is just something you can substitute out. So this dish, even though it says spicy miso carbonara, it totally makes sense. There's nothing strange about it to me. You're just using less dairy and replacing that dairy and you could theoretically not use any dairy and not yeah. notice the difference. And that's one of the things I like about it. You can make a dairyless dish and have it be unctuous and creamy and delicious. I microwave my bacon in, in any day. And I just, I didn't even sheet it out. I just <laughs> took a whole package and then I took it out and it came out as a Frisbee of bacon. And, um, <laughs> I, 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 it actually was great because when I cut it, it turned into sort of like ribbons or like uh, threads of mm. bacon, which were nice. And I topped it with scallions. And I think for me, I added a little bit more water than the recipe because I wanted it a little bit saucy as I cooked it. Came out great. Came out great. And, and it didn't taste Italian. It didn't mm -hmm. taste Asian. Mm -hmm. It just tasted like noodles with a lot of umami. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I had a pretty similar journey to to Dave's. Um, well, for one of the first things I noticed about this recipe that I really liked, and unfortunately, Seth uh, foiled this for you, like I really like the use of water in this recipe. Like I feel like water and like the way water works in cooking is always sort of underappreciated. I like that like it was smart. You have like if you're working with miso, you're working with kind of like tighter ferments like that. You've got to break it up. You've got to dissolve it in a liquid before you introduce it into your sauce if you don't want just like big chunks of of undissolved miso. I liked that the pasta water was introduced in there. So there's like two uses of just hot water, which I thought were, was really important. <laughs> I I was skeptical about sambal as a as the the heat element here. Like for me, sambal is a very specific flavor, and I right off the bat I wanted to swap it out. And I, my first thought actually was to use chili crunch in there. Although I and so I opened my fridge to do that, and I ran out of chili crunch. So I did the sambal. It turned out way better than I thought it would. I don't know what the chili garlic sauce is. Is it different than sambal that it calls? Yeah, poker? it comes. It comes in like the jar with the green lid. Okay, so that's oh, it's different than sambal though. Yes, it's different. Okay, so I I mean I used sambal. It was great. Um, 
my recipe is the most guilty of this and Priya alluded to it earlier and this is the least guilty, but like, I don't actually know how to cook any amount of spaghetti that's less than one box of spaghetti at a time. Like, why, why are you ever cooking less than one box of spaghetti at a time? Mine used like a quarter box, which is the dumbest <laughs> thing in the world. Dave's used six ounces, I think. This one uses yeah. at least three quarters of a box. Well, let me let me explain. Other than uh, uh, Chrissy's miso uh, recipe, which was two tablespoons, I didn't follow the measurements on any of the recipes. So it's a total shock to me <laughs> when my own recipe was like six ounces. <laughs> no idea. Well, I didn't notice mine was three and a half until after. I was like, oh, well, there goes my oh fucking my victory. Three and a half ounces of fucking <laughs> pasta. What the hell is that? Oh, my God. It's just the baby portion. Can it, can you believe I used a digital scale on your pasta, Chris? Yeah, we'll I can get to believe that, in a that because I think I can believe that because you'll do anything for the victory, Priya. Uh, the the only thing I will say about this recipe, the only negative thing I will say, is not even that negative because eh, remember whatever you say, <laughs> Chrissy no, 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 it's will not know. Even Chrissy's listening. It's not even negative. It's not even negative because I actually genuinely love this. It's more negative about Priya. Okay, fire away. On this show, you have accused Dave and I multiple times of just having being stoners and having stony tastes. This is the stoniest fucking recipe of the three for sure. It's bacon and eggs and cheese on spaghetti. And I loved it for all of those reasons. I, I think that the scallions are pretty crucial here. I, and I only say that because for the first time in literally a year, I ran out of scallions. And I've never wanted scallions more in my life. Yep. I wanted like a little something, whether it's scallion or I thought like nori would have been great, or like seaweed would have been great on here. Or mm -hmm. I ended up just doing like a squeeze of lemon just to like have a little bit of some sort of counter note. But otherwise, hats off to Priya and the art of war once again. Yep. <laughs> remember, remember, if there's two of you in the woods and a bear is chasing you, you do not have to be faster than the bear. Yeah, you just have to take out someone's knee, and Priya is clearly yeah. a master knee obliterator. Yeah. Priya is not worried about running fast at all. Nope, she's gonna leisurely pace. Just a lead pipe. As the bear just devours Christian and myself. Yeah, exactly. That's how I'm feeling right now. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Technique with Tom. Slicing an English muffin with a butter blade? Boulder Dash. Just pull apart with your hands and marvel in the nooks and crannies' splendor. For each one is unique like a snowflake. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by 7-Eleven. Cold slurpy drinks and a hot summer day are a match made in heaven. And your favorite refreshment just got even better. Let's talk about 7-Eleven's $1 small slurpy drink with seven rewards. It's the classic frozen fizzy treat you can't get anywhere else. I'm a blue raspberry guy. Just know that about me. Know that I'm going to be going forward. Anytime there's a drink like this, I'm in on the blue raspberry. If you're feeling thirsty, feeling thirsty right now, how about going to visit a 7-Eleven valid through 1725? 7-Eleven has the right to end this promotion early, plus tax, participating U.S. stores. See app for full terms. All rights reserved. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of 
the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. Let's let's go. Where do you guys want to go? You guys want to go to China or Japan? <laughs> let's do let's do Dave's. Okay, Dave. I chose a recipe um, <laughs> that was Asianish and something that was going to be incredibly simple. And I wasn't feeling very confident when I actually made the recipe because I was like, oh, this is going to be not so good. But I'll be honest, it turned out way better than I expected. I use frozen broccoli. I use frozen med- vegetable Asian medley that I have. I, I popped that in an any day, microwaved it for about like six minutes. I took some of the broccoli out and I pureed it with my, uh, I didn't use honey, I used agave, the simple uh, agave, soy, rice wine vinegar is important. Uh, the ginger is crucial. I wouldn't say you can even do more ginger than the recipe says. I also put sesame seeds in it and I blitzed that in my um, uh, bullet. And after I cooked the pasta, I moved it to my nonstick hybrid wok thing. And then I just added the sauce that turned it, that looked like a sesame sauce, tasted delicious. And I mixed that up. I added the rest of the microwave vegetables and some of the scallions and I served it to Hugo and he thought it was be- the best of the three. Interesting. And I would also give you a- another important tip. If you're going to substitute spaghetti for an Asian dish that, uh, is trying to replace lo mein or some kind of noodle like that, overcook your noodles. Overcook it to the point where it's just like got no texture almost. <laughs> I mean, cook it to the point where it tastes like an Asian noodle and not like spaghetti anymore. Yeah, right? and you don't even know it's spaghetti. And when I started it to my family, they didn't know they were eating spaghetti. It just was like no. vegetable noodles. Will you talk about, I actually think that this recipe is a perfect example of why you like agave uh, as a sweetener, because can you talk about like, yeah, cooking with honey is stupid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honey, I love honey. I love, love, love honey, but it's not an easy thing to cook with, nor is cooking with granulated sugar because you have to like melt it or make sure that it's incorporated in a smooth fashion. Agave in its like raw, like distilled state when it goes into a syrup has really nice sweetness and a perfect viscosity where you're not using like corn syrup or rice syrup. It's, it's still like got a watery viscosity. So it's easier to sort of measure. Honestly, it's a lot like using maple syrup on your pancakes, but maple has a very distinct flavor. Agave is like almost identical in terms of sweetness to white granulated sugar, which is why mm-hmm. I like to use agave. Mm-hmm. Honey, you got to heat up. It doesn't incorporate, it doesn't mix well. Cooking with honey is not something I, I, I recommend. No, and I had run out of agave for the first time in a long time, and I used honey, and the, the exact thing happens where you try it, you just you stir and you stir and you stir, and if unless you heat it up, it's not going to dissolve in another liquid. And, and yeah. then if you let it settle for even a second, it's just going to get stuck to the bottom of whatever little vessel. Um, Priya, what do you think about this? I mean, honestly, all of the changes that Dave made to the recipe were like changes that needed that would have made this a good recipe. But absent those changes, it is a not good recipe. Like the sauce needed to be like blended. It needed to be like thickened with other ingredients, like 
sesame seeds, it needed Put some more of the vegetables of... in the sauce and blend it. Literally blend the sauce. I think everyone should make this recipe. It's great. I think it's a great recipe if you follow what Priya's about to say. But I think blending the vegetables with the sauce gives it the viscosity that the dish needs. Yeah, exactly. But that is not in, in the recipe. It also needed way more, in my opinion, honey, sesame, garlic, and ginger. Yeah, but like, listen, if you're if you're part of the Dave Chang sort of school and people are like, you know, I don't have many clearly on Recipe Club that people listen to me. <laughs> like, but yeah, those that do again. know that use the force. Use the force, and that's what you should do. Make it Can taste good. Can I just clarify? Good. Did you purify? Did you purify? Did you puree all the vegetables with the I sauce? Just, so it was I just, just like, thought that was a world class eye roll that uh, I got yeah, it for was, free. It was big. It was, it was so a good. big one. It was a really was like, big one. Hey, what's, what's happening behind like, you right now, yeah. Priya? Can you tell us what, what's happening behind you? Because your eyes are all the way back there. Yeah. It was all. It was so long that I thought she was frozen. <laughs> But you pureed all the vegetables. No, in I pureed the, sauce. the broccoli. Okay, because okay, I had okay, a lot okay. uh, that were microwaved, and I put probably like four or five florets into my NutriBullet and blitzed it with the sauce to give it, you know. Like I think that's a great idea. I also thought that there was way too much sauce for too little spaghetti. Like the instructions said to thicken it slightly, but when I thickened it only slightly, like the sauce just kind of like slipped right off the spaghetti and I feel like I needed it to either be thicker or I needed something to help bind things together. Well, if you use the force like I did, your your low main spaghetti dish will be like a like a like a sesame noodle and that's what it'll look like and it'll be coated in a nice beautiful sauce. And I'd also recommend that you serve it chilled and if you do serve it chilled, I think you should toss it with some more sesame oil. What Dave is, is once again lot. saying is that if you make these 500 modifications and basically make it like I make it, it's going to turn out delicious. And of course, Dave, that is true. But as it stands, the recipe is not a great recipe. I mean, for a constitutional originalist, a lot of interpretation happening here. Uh, let me say this. I, I when I made this, I also had uh, the chance. Like, don't, Priya you, don't talking, you dare throw dirt <laughs> at Anthony Scalia! Don't you dare! <laughs> you haven't earned the right. I'm sorry, Tony. Tony. Tony S. Uh, I also like Priya had the chance to spend a little time with uh, some vaccinated, tested family friends. So I made this dish, and I made mine for two other couples, and. Mine was, we'll get to it, it's, a, it's like a Japanese Yoshoku ketchup spaghetti. And I, I was like, oh, this is great. User data. I want to see how people react. I'm only going to say the data. You guys can draw your own conclusions from this. But three out of three white women preferred this lo mein dish. And three out of three brown men preferred mine. My second data point is, I'm looking at the delish.com website right now. I'm looking at this recipe on this and just been, I don't know if this shows up on your screens, but just been beneath the, the author, the video and the tag that says an easy way to make your favorite takeout is an advertisement for zoo sticks, training chopsticks. Yep. So yep. the target audience <laughs> for this low main recipe is people who are just training chopsticks. That's all I'm going to say. Well, I will add to that by saying my audience of two white women literally were like, how could Dave submit this? This tastes oh, like Asian food made by white people. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. 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 Uh, because I I I was just trying to again um 
build a bridge between cultures. <laughs> oh man. I'm, I'm sure that we're more unified. David successfully than, made than me not. feel bad. I legitimately feel guilty now. He has successfully made me himself into just a really sympathetic figure. This rebranded one week off Dave is I'm feeling really guilty. I'm sorry, Dave. Listen, <laughs> if this gets people that are not from Asian descent to understand Asian food a little bit better, then I did my job. That's all that matters. <laughs> Well, I think I think that your version of this would do a much better job of doing that than this. Yeah, uh, if we're going to talk about like actual takeaways, I I had never I had written off spaghetti entirely as a possibility for Asian noodle usage. But if you do what Dave is talking about, cook it Mm -hmm. way past al dente until it actually is an Asian noodle texture. You make adjustments, smart adjustments to the sauce, add, give it some body with whether it's blended vegetables or like. I mean, frankly, you could put some fucking cornstarch slurry in here, too. I think it actually would be a very good entry level dish. And and like I said, it's there's nothing not delicious about like the like there's nothing like inedible about like the the standardized version of this thing. People people were into it. So that's where I am on the the lo mein dish spaghetti lo mein from delish.com. Uh, Mr. Scalia, any other closing remarks before we move on? You know, sometimes you read a recipe and you need to use your intuition. And that's what I did. And I feel that if you are following this recipe, knowing how we cook on the show, it'll be self-evident of what you need to do and what you need to change. So that's yeah, why that's I think it's a That's an insane thing to say. <laughs> well, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to respond to that. That's, that's yeah. not very nice. I just... <laughs> no, come on, Priya. Eightfold pathway here. Sorry, oh, you, just... you broke Priya. You, you broke Priya, Dave. I just can't believe the shit that Dave gets away with on this podcast. <laughs> right, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that you're having a good time at my expense. And if that's the way it is, okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. The last recipe, the last spaghetti recipe this week was um, a version of spaghetti napolitan, which is the Japanese name for, which is basically ketchup spaghetti. This is a yoshoku dish. Um, actually, Dave, can you talk about yoshoku a little bit? I know we've, we've touched on it in the past a tiny bit. Yeah, during the during the Meiji Restoration, uh, the emperor wanted to adopt all the Western principles, and it was an important decision that if you look at what happen with Japanese food in, in, in adopting Western ideas and ingredients. It's how Japan sort of had a jump start in and started to kick ass as a country because they started to merge all Western things with Japanese values. And they started to act like the Borg in Star Trek, where they just start taking from everywhere. <laughs> and Yoshoku is beautiful. I love it. And it's something that's really distinct in Asian cuisine because it's Asian food made with Western ingredients, and it's a forced merger between two cultures, and it's cool. I think it's super cool. Uh, there's no real restaurants. Uh, bar When we had Bar Wyo, that was a little bit what we were trying to do with it. And this is uh, one of my least favorite Yoshoku dishes. <laughs> the, the spaghetti. <laughs> there's a lot of spaghetti dishes, but this is like one of my least favorite. Ketchup in general... Is, is something that's been adopted in a lot of, like, particularly in Korean cuisine with the U.S. military presence in general. But I, I for one, I'll explain what I did, but I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't jive with ketchup in these ways. I forgot about that. 
but before we get into the actual recipe, I just want to add to the Yoshoku thing. I think that it is so beautiful. And I think some of the dishes that a lot of people think of as overtly Japanese are Yoshoku dishes, you know, whether it's like tonkatsu or all like a lot of the fried things, amu rice, you know, an omelet around fried rice, again, with ketchup, mm-hmm. a, a delightful Yoshoku dish. So good. Um, so many different things that get sort of adapted. And, and just to get into the actual recipe here and, and how it's done. Um, Basically, you just you you stir you you saute strips of ham and onion and bell pepper and mushrooms and garlic. You add cooked spaghetti and the sauce is just ketchup, Worcestershire sauce, tomato paste, a little bit of water. Um, I think you finish the whole thing with butter, which I I really appreciate about it. And when I have had this dish in Japan, you know you're 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 in like a smoky lunch spot. Everybody's all these sort of Japanese salary workers all have like crisp white shirts as they about to like, as they prepare to like dig into a giant plate of ketchup spaghetti. And the two things that are essential on the table are Tabasco sauce and like the green can of pre-grated cheese. Like those are sort of essential to the experience. It is a very specific taste. And obviously like it's not Dave's cup of tea. I don't know if it's Priya's. I, uh, I'll talk about my history with ketchup spaghetti, but first, uh, Priya, give me your, give me your, your two cents. I mean, I think one of the really cool things about Yoshoku cuisine is that like they figured out how to like take these Western dishes and like boil them down to like, what are the elements that make this really delicious? And how can we sort of streamline and focus the dish on just those delicious elements? So I was thinking about like, you know, tomato paste, Worcestershire, ketchup, like these are all like umami bombs. So at first, when I heard ketchup spaghetti, I was like, I don't know. But then when I read the recipe, I was like, oh, actually, this could be really smart and really delicious. And, uh, you know, I grew up with ketchup being such a central part of my upbringing. I remember being in India with um, my parents and on the train when when we were going from like Delhi to Agra, they would serve us these sandwiches, ketchup sandwiches, which is literally white bread, slick of ketchup, and they serve it in foil with like a cup of chai and that like is what I associate those train rides with. So like I can be down with like ketchup as like, not just for dipping as like the main thing. Um, this was, this was a lot better than I, than I thought it would be. Um, the sauce came together really easily. I thought that the butter at the end really brought the whole thing together. Do I like it better than spaghetti in tomato sauce? Probably not. Like I wanted a little bit more of that like brightness and and freshness. It definitely tasted like it was made from all pantry ingredients, but I just thought that there was a real ingenuity to it that I appreciated. I thought it was a really fun recipe. I I, I hear that. I hear like the, is it better than spaghetti and tomato sauce? No, I wouldn't pick this over that. I, I I hear that, Dave. What what's your what did you do here? I wasn't going to use ketchup. Uh, <laughs> I, I just wasn't going to use ketchup. Uh, but that's just a, a personal thing. I eat ketchup. I love it on hamburgers and French fries. But I, I I don't know. There's something about cooking with ketchup that I, I I don't love to do. I think a lot of it has to do with when I grew up. My my the grandmother that I loved and and she basically raised me would make this like Russian Korean potato soup with ketchup, and I think it just was like too much for me uh, over time um and and but if you break down what ketchup is it's it, it, why it's loved the world over is because it's balanced it's sweet salty it's got the right amount of sourness and acidity and it's got 
you know, spices. It, it, it's really, really nice as a condiment. But I was like, I can recreate that. And Aussie ketchup, which is in the recipe, is something that is a little bit more watery, a little bit different. But again, similar to ketchup. So I just used agave. I used rice wine vinegar. And mm. I used some momo soy. I used a little fish sauce. Uh, I basically put all the things that are umami and I put some more cracked black pepper and I use it a lot more Worcestershire sauce, which I love. And honestly, the sauce was, what, what, what was your tomato? What was your tomato? Oh, I probably. used tomato paste. Okay. So you just used more, more tomato paste, more tomato paste, like probably like, you know, 50% more. And I just added enough of the ratio of what I thought ketchup would be. And, uh, it came out awesome. I didn't read the recipe at all in terms of other than use Aussie ketchup. And I didn't know that it was two ounces or whatever pasta it was. <laughs> uh, I made a giant, giant, giant <laughs> batch of it. And um, I used more ham. Clearly, when I reread the recipe, more, way more ham than was. Uh, 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 and I didn't use green bell pepper. That was stupid. Uh, it was I just used red. I used red as well. And honestly. Everyone, everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. Hugo liked it, but he didn't like it as much as the one that I made. But I think Grace and a, a friend, again, that's been vaccinated that came over, they liked it quite a bit. And they ate so much that I thought, I, I, I was surprised at how much was consumed of it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I will say that I want to talk about the quantity thing because... <laughs> It was such a strange amount. Like I, I did appreciate it today when I was making, I like totally forgot that I hadn't made this recipe. So like an hour before this, I made this pasta and I was like, I kind of just feel like following the recipe exactly as written. I don't feel like calculating, like, like scaling up, but it is really annoying that it only makes like, I was so hungry. It doesn't even make one serving of pasta. It's, it's less than a quarter box of <laughs> yeah. pasta. It's it's not a lot of pasta. Like three and a half ounces. It, it is supposed to be one serving, but even for one, I think you're right, Bria. 3.5 ounces of pasta is like, come on. That's I need more. I need more pasta. I that's had to torture. get a snack. Uh, where, were, where are the two of you on Tabasco on this? I didn't like the Tabasco. I like tried it on my first serving and then I was like, eh. And then I just did parm on the second serving. But like, I didn't, again, I like, I didn't dislike it as much as I thought I would dislike it. <laughs> I didn't have any Tabasco. I just used some sriracha. A little sriracha on there, huh? Yeah. 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 I mean, so for, for me, I chose this dish and like my, I have like a kind of similarly to Dave, I have like a childhood memory of ketchup food because the kid down the street from me, Jason Lynn, his family always cooked spaghetti with ketchup. And, uh, I always thought it was, I was like judged him so much for that because we had spaghetti every week in my house and we were like a real American family. Cause we <laughs> use Prego, we use Prego spaghetti sauce and we added some dried oregano to it and we use Costco meatballs and we had the real thing. And I was, I was always so embarrassed for him that his family used ketchup on their spaghetti. And, uh, I've. In, in I've, I've, it's stuck with me like this feeling of being like embarrassed about somebody else's food or, or like looking down at it because like the three of us talk about this shit all the time now right like how we were made fun of for what we ate how our food wasn't uh, didn't fit into like the mainstream image, image of it or whatever and I you know I, I, I chose this recipe 
partly because I wanted to like cop to this moment of like being young and judging, you know, the, the, the immigrant family down the street who was like less assimilated than mine, who ate ketchup spaghetti. And now I fucking, I, when I went to Japan and ate this and suddenly it was like cool to eat this thing with like Japanese salary men, I felt like, Oh, I'm so in the know, but I came flashing back that I had like judged this dude's family. So Jason, I haven't spoken to you in 30 years, but, uh, I'm, I'm really sorry, man. I'm sorry about that. You're still not getting into heaven, Chris. <laughs> Jason, Here's Jason, that. why are you listening to a podcast hosted by this guy who made fun of you? Um, okay, so we've discussed all three recipes. We still have some business ahead because I don't think Dave uh, has seen the results of the the last podcast and what has happened to our wheel of life. But let's get to uh, let's get to some voting here. Starting with uh, the spicy miso spaghetti uh, Priya's chosen recipe from Cravings by Chrissy Teigen. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Priya Krishna. I give this a thumbs up as long as you don't wash your pasta. Don't wash it. <laughs> uh, David Chang. It's a thumbs up. It's a thumbs up for me as well. It's, it's less about Priya and more about uh, the amazing Chrissy Teigen. Uh, Dave, how about your own recipe for uh, spaghetti lo mein? Thumbs up, thumbs down. If you use the force, and again, if you saw, like, it was a little bit like Da Vinci Code. Not a little, a lot. If you saw what the recipe was telling you to do, and you listened to your gut, you listened to the inner voices in your mind, <laughs> you would have followed the way I made it, and you would have been rewarded greatly with a cup of a carpenter. <laughs> So yes, if you if you followed it like the Da Vinci Code, it's a thumbs up. And if you didn't, you chose poorly. I similarly give a thumbs up to the hidden recipe that was <laughs> nested within this recipe. Um, it's just another recipe club. Honestly, jokes aside, it's I'm not going to re cook this recipe, but it is another one of these recipe club situations where if you do the thing that Dave said and that Priya described, it is legitimately a great thing to cook. I'm not say I cannot say you should go to delish.com and follow this recipe. You could probably cook based entirely off of what Dave described, and that would be a good dish. So, Priya, I'm imagining it's a thumbs down for the lo mein for you. It's a it's a thumbs down for the recipe and a thumbs up for this made up Dave recipe. You should have submitted that. For Da Vinci's lo mein. <laughs> yeah. Thumbs lo up mein for a la, a la Da Vinci. <laughs> Leonardo's lo mein is Dude, is a thumbs up. You know who who actually wrote this recipe is Dan Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so it, that's a that's a mixed review for Leonardo's Lo Mein. Uh, what about the ketchup spaghetti recipe? I for me, if if you have uh, if you're also feeling guilty about how you've treated a childhood friend, this is a thumbs up for me. You should make this. You should make it one time just to see what this is all about. Anyway, it's a thumbs up for me. Thumbs up. I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it it came out better than I thought. I don't really know what to think. Like, will I make it again? Probably not. But did I find it to be like a clever recipe? Yes. So I don't know. What does that what does that equate to? Sounds like a thumbs up to me, guys. Wow. Sounds like a thumbs up to me. <laughs> All right. So that's that picks it at a three three tie for the uh, uh, spaghetti napolitan and the spicy miso spaghetti. How do we want to in our ever changing rules here? How should we determine a winner between these two? I think we let the, the audience decide. Should we put another one up to the audience? Yeah. And, and just remember, everybody that's listening, 
you know, how unethical one of our contestants has been today. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just remember how delicious miso is on pasta. All right. So with the Wheel of Life, I'm going to say that I'm going to declare victory for a simultaneous victory for both me and Priya here, um, even though we're going to let the audience decide. I'm going to give us both a chance to replace uh, items on this recipe club wheel, starting with spaghetti, which I would like to replace with shiro miso, which was used in Priya's recipe. I think miso as an ingredient would be great to have on this wheel. And um, Priya, why don't you replace one thing on this on this wheel? Oh, actually, Dave, you haven't seen this wheel. While you were sleeping, while you were out, uh, Priya and uh, Rachel decided to... Um, Poke, poke the bear a little bit. And the two new items that they added last time were prunes and ajwine seeds, which played a part in Priya's alu parata two, two ingredients I genuinely love. Yeah, but I think that the Rachel I adding mean, ajwine was a little The only prune I like is eau de vie, and that's what I'll cook with. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But I don't know. Ajwine seeds was a little bit of a troll from Rachel. I'm a little nervous about availability and about the 51% rule. Uh, making a dish that's 51% ajwine <laughs> is probably not a good idea. I'm not trying to lead the witness here, Priya, but if you're going to replace an item on this wheel, what do you want to do? Yeah, let's swap ajwine seeds for sun-dried tomatoes because Chris and I, we, you know that we love sun-dried tomatoes, but Dave does not. All right. So I feel All like right. that will get get a, get a, get Rachel's message across of wanting to mess with Dave. I, I think we have really hurt Dave Chang's feelings in this episode quite a bit. No, but there listen, it is. Listen, don't the... worry, guys. Uh, I, I, I'm going to pray for you all today. <laughs> Dave. I do feel guilty, but here's the you know, the wheel of life as it currently stands: hummus, instant ramen, shiro miso, prunes, canned crescent rolls, cream of mushroom soup, yogurt, sun dried tomatoes, Velveeta cheese, and biryani. Uh, Can we change one of them to John three sixteen? <laughs> That's an ingredient. Right, here we go. Let's give the wheel of scripture a spin. Dave, what are you hoping for? Sun dried tomatoes. Oh, oh here it shit. comes. If you think if you guys thought that things were heated this week. Oh my god. <laughs> if you guys thought things got heated this week between uh the three recipe club wedgies here, we just landed on instant ramen, which is uh I believe Japanese for open war. So can we literally can we just pin Chinese ramen versus Korean ramen versus Indian ramen against each other. I think that one way or another, that's what you're going to end up with here. But uh, I'm giving you my recipe right now. It's from uh, it's my uh, gnocchi recipe. That's are it. you really? Oh, gonna, is dude. that what you're going to do? Yep, I won. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, Dave's instant ramen gnocchi coming at you, everybody. Uh, so that's it for this wheel of life spin. Uh, you guys got any closing thoughts about spaghetti? Any parting words or parting shots? I'd really like a lot more positivity on this podcast and not so much, uh, you know, name calling and hurt feelings. So if we could all work on that, that would be great. Bria, anything from you? No, I just, uh, I miss, I miss hanging out guys. I really, I, I, I miss you all miss being on the same coast. All right, everybody, make sure you follow us on our various social channels, recipe club on Instagram, recipe club podcast, Facebook group, Send your emails to recipeclub at majordomomedia.com. Our next episode is actually a special, another special episode where we're going to bring in uh, a, a guest member, Noel Cornelio, a.k.a. the Snack Master, 
to talk about dips. Am I getting so, replaced? Look out for that one. Uh, I can't remember if you're in this one or not, Dave. This might be another we're trying to give Dave time off, but also secretly hurting his feelings episode. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks so much. Thanks so much.